Awesome. Okay, as that's happening, I want to share a word with you. It's a word of knowledge actually given by Lynn. And I was going to share it in the introduction, but then I actually wanted to explain um, what this is and why we do it. So word of knowledge, kind of really simply defined, is an insight from God that is communicating something to us. Uh, now, God is always speaking if we're looking to listen. He speaks through his word. He speaks through people, and he uses each and every one of us. In fact, if you uh, will look at the model of church in the New Testament, it is, uh, uh, there's lots of participation that goes on. And it's something that we practice quite frequently before um, COVID kind of, kind of hit. And so um, we want to make sure that we actually reintroduce it because each and every one of us actually brings value uh, to this. Now, this is a word. Uh, uh, so Lynn uh, is a member of our church. He's also, uh, uh, we consider prophet, part of our prayer team. And before the service, just ask for a word of knowledge, which again is preparing yourself before we even get together, which is really important when it comes to experiencing what God has for us. So this is the word that the Lord gave Lynn, and it really fits with not only the theme of this morning, but kind of the theme that we're going to see throughout the summer. Now it says this, I heard the Lord say this this morning, be fruitful and multiply. I have gifted you. I have given you gifts. It's time now to use them. Bear fruit much fruit, fruit that lasts. We are in a season of harvest, and I say we because I am the Lord of the harvest, and you are my laborers. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the field, for the harvest is ripe. Now, the application of that word is in a lot of ways individual to us hearing it. Even though the Lord is speaking corporately to us, he's also speaking individually. What is my responsibility to bear fruit? What is my role in this? Are we agreeing with this word? Yes, Lord. It is the season of harvest. And the Bible continually uses this, this, these analogy and this language to communicate that God is always working and the fruit is there for us to partner with him. And that's the, the, the wisdom of God who chose, instead of doing it all himself, to partner with the people he loves, which is you and me. Now, this is why we know that God is not just a better version of me or a person. And sometimes we personify God because uh, um, if you are like me, sometimes it's really hard to give up control of something because you can probably do it better than someone else. Anyone experience that? If we're being honest, we're like, ah, yeah, let's, you can do it, but really can you? But, but God in his infinite love sees not who we are currently, but who he designed us to be. And he designed all of us as parts of the image of God to display who he is. Now, if it's all me, it's an incomplete picture, right? Because I am only a part of the personality of who God is. I only give certain gifts. And, and while I might look like, oh, the big guy, because he's up front talking, that everyone has something to contribute. So what is your role in this? And, 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 and so I want to pray this word. And, 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 I, I, and as we go in this series, I, I want us to continue to, to, to have this perspective that, that we not only bear fruit, but we're also called to bring in fruit. So let's uh, join me as we just pray this word together. So uh, God, we just receive your word. And, and I thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest, which means that, that you work with us, that you go ahead of us. And so this morning, God, we who agree want to partner with you in doing your work. Thank you that you are God who chooses to include each and every one of us. And, and how you include us is also by helping us. So, Holy Spirit, would you show us individually what that means? Amen. 
So uh, this morning, we're starting a series that's going to continue through the summer, and the series is going to be topical, different topics, but we're going to be highlighting uh, uh, essentially uh, uh, one resource that we have, but mostly uh, starting in either late September or early October, we are going to start community groups. Uh, uh, they have many different names, uh, small groups, home groups. Uh, I'm sure uh, churches, uh, one of the things they teach you in Bible college is how to name small groups so people go to them. So uh, I'm joking, but in all honesty, uh, I've heard someone else call them community groups, and Katie and I really like that. And, and one of the reasons I really like that is because uh, it, it kind of brings this big picture. Now, uh, um, the, the, the goal or the mission statement of, of why we need to gather together in smaller groups is because we gather to grow, and we grow together in smaller community. And I hope that, and it's made me realize something this season of, uh, of COVID and restriction, that if we don't have relationships and if we're not meeting together in smaller numbers, then to be able to disseminate is just impossible. It's really hard. And while there's a season where a lot of people actually did pretty well, there is people who, who were broken and, and isolated and hurt. And, and how do we create a, a means in which uh, we are pastoring one another in the true sense of actually being there for one another. And, and we grow in smaller groups. We really do. We challenge each other in smaller groups. And then when we get together in, in more the bigger group, which is, which is being here, is we celebrate together. And we celebrate and we rejoice what God is doing together in kind of the bigger community. And in the greater community, which is the area around us and our sphere of influence, benefits from all of it. And so we gather in community, in a smaller community to grow. We gather in the bigger community to worship and to praise. And we affect the greater community by the growth that is taking place in us. And, and, and that's the key. Uh, if, we, if you've been following me, we've been spending a lot of time, even in the series beforehand, talking about how we are designed to and need to produce fruit. In fact, last week, we even talked about pruning. And while I'm a horrible gardener, we see in Scripture that the work of the Holy Spirit is in us to cut off the established and even areas of our lives where there is no growth, so that we would actually produce growth. And really, growth in a lot of ways is our individual responsibility. How do we grow? And so, um, as, a, as, a, as a leadership and as a church, where how do we give each and every one of us the tools that we can use to grow in the different areas of our life? How do we grow in the knowledge of, our, of Scripture? We have quite a few people who are new believers. So how do we learn to actually read the Bible? How do we learn to actually pray? Uh, many of us who are married, how do we actually learn to grow in our marriage? Uh, some of us are suffering from mental health and anxiety and fear. How do we grow and what does the scripture have to say about that? And, and, and this morning, we have resources that, are, that we are able to use to do exactly that. Now, as a church, we've invested in something called Right Now Media, which we'll be featuring. And, and if you want this resource, essentially, uh, um, it's not anything new. But it, if you have a streaming service at home, like right now, I'm all about Disney Plus and the Loki series. Anyone else? <laughs> Can a pastor, can I say that? But anyways, you know, these different shows and Netflix and, and all these different things. Well, well, this is kind of like a streaming service with biblical content. It's got kids shows on there if you want to use it. I know a lot of our families are already using it for the kids shows. But it has Bible studies. It has marriage studies. It has all these different things that we can use in our own homes to begin to help develop growth in us. And so this morning and as we continue on, are going to feature different areas 
that, uh, um, that this one resource has leading up to the need and the importance to meet together in smaller groups. And I want us to begin to think about, uh, um, am I willing to uh, partner with others in my growth in my life? Am I willing to allow individuals in? Am I, allowing, am I willing to, to position myself in a position of accountability? Now, the goal is when we go into this season, starting in October, well, beforehand, we'll have uh, um, some groups already established. We'll have leaders already established. And, and if you're listening to this and you think, I want to facilitate, please also talk to me. So right now, uh, um, I, I've asked some individuals. So far, uh, we know that Thursdays will be some available. And, and as these days fill up, We'll be advertising them and just pick a day that works for you. And, and if it's full, it's full. And then we'll continue on. And the goal is that we would create these short periods of time between six to eight, week, eight weeks where we meet together, grow together, challenge each other together. And so this morning, I'm actually going to feature a, a video kind of that, that highlights the, the, the gospel aspect. How do I actually learn about the Bible? So this morning, we're actually going to look at a video from Francis Chan on, on the book of Mark and the gospel of Mark to, to see. And this is more like an introduction to see what is available there. So let's uh, play the video and then we'll walk, work from there. Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. I am standing in the Jordan River right now. This is where John the Baptist was baptizing people and preparing them, giving them a baptism of repentance, saying, do you understand who's about to come? And he makes a statement there. Do you understand this person who is coming? He goes, I am not even worthy to untie his sandals. Like he's not exaggerating, he understands. Look, this is not just another human being that's going to show up. He really understood his unworthiness. And as I stared at that and I thought about this and the series we're doing, do you recognize how holy this is? I've been wrestling with this thinking, God, who am I to even speak about God becoming flesh and I can only imagine as he's coming like what do you do what would it feel like to stand in front of your creator I sure hope this hasn't gotten old to you the thought of God Almighty becoming flesh emptying himself the thought that I right now even have the right to speak about him. These are holy, holy, holy things. It says in Mark chapter one, verse nine, it says in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, Immediately, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. 
and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Somewhere along this river, the Son of God stood. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. And the Father spoke and said, this is my Son. Try to get your mind around this. This is the gospel, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Gospel means good news. It means the good news, but don't get this intertwined with all the other good news you have. Like, hey, good news, I'm getting married. Good news, I'm having a child. Good news, I got into this school. Good news, I got a new job. Oh, good news, God became flesh. No, this is going to be on a completely different level. We're talking about something so, so sacred in the book of Mark. The creator of the universe loved us so much that he emptied himself of all of his glory. And he comes down to this to pursue us. See, that's the good news. Man, it is so, so sad. If you have lost the fascination of Almighty God emptying himself and taking the form of a man, God, I pray that as we pursue and we read this book together and we journey through, the life of your son, God, that we treat this as sacred, as holy, 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 like no other news on the earth, God. Change our hearts. Help us to see that everything else is so ridiculous compared to this one great truth of you becoming man, dying on a cross for all of our sins, rising from the dead. God, teach us how to marvel again Teach us to be fascinated with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right, so that's just a quick introduction of what he has available. But also, um, again, any book of the Bible, anything available there to learn. But uh, I, I want to, there's a word there that you use. I want to I bring an application, which is is how we grow together and kind of the word or the word i i heard was just the idea of familiar uh being familiar with and there's a danger in familiarity uh to be comfortable or to lose that sense of, of awe now when i first moved here i moved here from coquitlam and um hiking was like walking on paved streets right i i have never hiked in my life and now if you spend any time in Powell river if you're kind of if you don't hike i'm not sure what you do there isn't a heck of a lot to do here right and, and i remember the first time my friend aaron took me on a hike and as we we're walking uh, i i was just like oh my do you see the trees they're so green and do you do you hear that and it's like a frog a frog and we saw a little frog oh my gosh and you that 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 awe of nature is just overwhelming and yet now i've lived here for over 14 years 
15? 14. Long time. And, and, and I was just thinking, uh, we just did a hike where we walked around West Lake or, or Hamill Lake, whatever they call it now. Anyways, we're walking along it. And I realized that the things that used to bring me such great joy have become familiar. And we can do that with the gospel where, where we think of, oh, you know, Mark, I, I've read the gospel so many times that I already know what's there. But do we truly fully know what's there? Are we aware of what God wants to show us this time when we read? And we've become familiar. We can take for granted that, that, that even that we're in a relationship with like God, right? Like, like God, the, the maker of who we are is in a relationship with us. Does that still stir something? That when we, we read the word of God, it's actually his words to us, that he hasn't hidden the secrets of this universe from us, but he's actually revealed them to us. That, that awe of, of God, you are speaking to me. And now ironically, even though uh, uh, Francis Chan here was focused in Mark, I, I wanna take us to Roman. Romans, because I believe Paul paints a beautiful picture of the gospel. So we're going to start in Romans chapter 5, and just the first two verses. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So if we look at this, this is what we have as believers. We have this peace with God. We are connected and we're good. That, that's already established. And, and, and that's always been there for us. I don't know if the minute we choose to believe, connection with God has always been there. We have never experienced a faith with God where God was not there. We might not believe that he's there. We might believe that we're disconnected, but this is truly what we have. We have never experienced being disconnected with God. We are connected with God. And also it points out that we are in a place of undeserved privilege. And when we become familiar with privilege, we see it as a right to have instead of a gift freely given to us. Does that kind of make sense? Now, I've experienced this because uh, we see it. We live in a community where, where for instance, uh, um, I remember when I first moved here, I was talking to, to a mill worker, and he was complaining that, that he had to use his six weeks of vacation in, in a chunk. And I'm looking as someone who has never had more than a week off before thinking, six weeks. But you become so familiar with what we've been given, we don't realize the blessing things are. There's a danger in familiarity, that, that the grace that we walk in, the, this undeserved privilege, is a true gift from God. It's beautiful. If we continue reading in that passage in Romans, we're going to skip to verse 6. It says this, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our, uh, our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. 
What a beautiful passage of scripture. And if we begin to realize that from the state of being utterly helpless, from an utterly helpless state, God found us, came to us, and actually chose us. Have we become familiar with the awe of being absolutely loved and accepted by God? Have we become familiar with our, our, our position as God views us and sees us as holy, as chosen. I love verse 11 because it, it states it so perfectly that so now we can rejoice in our wonderful news. Actually, the source of our joy and the source of our rejoicing is not the circumstances that we find ourselves in, but by the very fact that God chose me, chose you. And regardless of life, that doesn't change. Have we become familiar with acceptance? Have we become familiar with truly being loved? Have we actually forgotten what it is to love because we truly forgotten or become familiar with what it means or feels to just be loved, to just be accepted? Why is this important? Because now if we look back in verse 3 of that same chapter, it says this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we have been in a place of familiarity or really complacency, we have lost the ability to find or actually be in this peace with God where we know that we're good. Do you find ourselves asking questions that like, like God, are, where are you? Are you still there? Where are you in this? God, why have you left me? We've forgotten and we've become too familiar with or complacent in the peace that we have knowing that we are connected with God. When we have become too familiar or, or, or find complacency in our faith, we lose our sense of joy. Our, not more than our sense of joy, we lose our source of joy because without the awe of our salvation, our, the foundation of our joy becomes our circumstances. And, and that, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's tiring. Now, I've found as I get older, I, I can't even like enjoy swings anymore. Anyone try to go on a swing, right? We watch our kids go nuts. I'm like, hey, you know, when I was a kid, I used to jump off the swing. And, you know, three or four swings. And I'm like, why is the ground moving? And I'm going to puke, right? Or, 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 or like roller coasters. I, they move and they move with you. Well, if we place our foundation of joy on what's going on around us, we, we get spiritually sick. We can't continue with the ups and downs. God, are you there? God, you're there. God, are you good? Uh, 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 am I good? Am I not good? And, it's just, uh, and spiritually, we become so tired, so sick. One of my favorite proverbs is, is a, 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 um, a hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is like the tree of life. What does that mean? It, when we actually place our foundation on things that are so temporary, 
we continuously lose hope. But the biblical definition of hope is placing our trust in a God who is faithful. When our foundation and the source of joy is in the knowledge of who we are because of Jesus, in the knowledge of who God is, our source of joy doesn't change by our circumstances. It's the foundation. Uh, I love living by the ocean. It's, it's beautiful. I love the ocean. It never gets old. And I love being on the water. If you've ever got a chance to, to kayak or, or, or paddle or go on a boat, it's just breathtaking. Uh, when Katie and I were deciding if we we're going to move here, uh, um, I, I was taken fishing with, with a guy named Craig and, 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 and Steve Becker, actually, ironically enough. I, it's interesting. I just remember that right now. Anyways, we went fishing and, and all of a sudden I was catching all these. I didn't realize it was illegal. None of us really realized. We'd never had done it before, but we bored a tin boat. We're out there and we're fishing and, and, and the, just we're pulling out fish and the birds were chirping and there's an eagle. God, this is so beautiful. And then all of a sudden the clouds started turning gray and there was three larger guys in a 12-foot aluminum boat, like none of us knew what we were doing. Now, all of a sudden, that same place that was so wonderful and brought this sense of awe, all of a sudden became terror as we were, you know, chugging along on this boat, and I'm, I'm hanging on to the front to keep the bow down, and waves are coming up, and salt water in my face. I'm like, what is happening? And the same ocean that brought joy brought fear. And, and if I didn't understand or come to understand that it's actually the same place, I'll always define the ocean by that one experience. It's the same thing with our faith. If we don't understand that the God of the mountains is also the God of the valleys, then we, we forget to see that God is still God in all circumstances. How can Paul write, take joy in difficulty, take joy in trial, take joy in pain? It doesn't seem to line up, but it makes perfect sense when we understand that God is in everything that we experience, that we go through. And our joy is only made more complete when it is expressed in experience, in pain, in trial, in difficulty. The ocean, the awe of the ocean just takes a whole new meaning when you've experienced the danger of it. Does that kind of make sense? There is an appreciation that increases. And if we can see that God is still with us, if we can continue to have peace in the knowledge of God and understand the undeserved privilege that we walk in, we navigate life differently. This is why growth Producing fruit, as the analogy the Bible uses, is so important. It solidifies our foundation and keeps our relationship with God fresh. When we're reading Old Testament, New Testament, and we come from this foundation where we know that God is who He is and who we are because of God, we grow in our appreciation. We begin to see things we didn't see before. And it develops in this, this sense of awe. 
Why is it so important to, to, to grow together in a smaller group? Because we view things differently and we see different things. And as I look at something and my personality tends to see the positive and then there's someone else who sees something and it's like, it makes it even richer. In fact, this just happened to me last week. I preached the message last week and I preached it from a point of view of how when we produce fruit, people eat the fruit of our lives and they tell where they made us. And someone came up to me and he's like, you know what's interesting about people experiencing your fruit? Sometimes they don't like the fruit because it's different than what they've experienced. He's bringing this perspective and I'm hearing him and I'm like, this is awesome. I never would have seen that if you didn't share that with me. And we become familiar with what we know if we just continue to surround our people who just surround ourselves with people who just sound like us, say the same things like us. But this is the beauty. I'm different. James is different. Jen is different. And they bring this element that begins to reignite and bring back that sense of awe it says, God, you are so amazing that someone can share their experiences with God in the valley. So when I experience the valley, I have someone to lean on. When I feel like I don't know if God's there, someone can say God is there because of this. This is why relationship and connection is important. And now this kind of growth can even be done at home. We have the tools. Now the question is, will we choose to grow. We get pruned to grow. We gather again to celebrate. And in the storms, we continue to flourish. That's the beauty of the faith that we walk in. Now, I want us to hear this. Like, it's okay to have questions. Man, questions are actually important. And if you feel like doubt can't exist and still be saved or connected with God, then that's almost a sign of not only familiarity, but some bad teaching as well. Listen, there's actually a lot of things that kind of make me scratch my head. I don't know everything. And there's doubts to be had. But let's not mix who God is and who we are. Let's not mix the gospel with those things that kind of, this thing I know for sure. That God came down in the form of man. He saw us, lived with us. I even demonstrated what life will be like when we're actually filled with his spirit. That he chose to die and take our punishment for falling short of God's standard, the reason of our separation. He, he took that and he died for us. And he rose again, he's alive. And now because of Jesus, to anyone who believes, we are now connected with God. And that is for sure. That is the our foundation. And as we grow, we will build on that foundation. And if you've ever experienced building for yourself, you will make mistakes. You will believe things. They're like, ah, is that you will have doubts. You will have questions. But one thing will never change. The foundation will remain the same. 
as we gather together, let's create safe spaces to solidify that foundation of God, that foundation of Jesus, that foundation of grace, while still asking questions that say, is this even really real? Is this right? I am struggling here. I am struggling. But I know this one thing. God is who he is. He loves me. I am accepted. I am chosen. And I am forgiven. So this morning, I, I want to pray for us. This is a little different. But first of all, this will be the same. If you're watching this or you're here this morning and you've actually never made a decision to believe, but you're hearing this and you're like, I want to believe in who Jesus is. I want to accept him into my life. Now, what does that look like? It, it, the Bible says that if we believe in Jesus, that, that we are saved. Now, that word saved is this holistic, saved, healed, and delivered. Essentially means we bring back into alignment with God, where we feel separated with God. He takes that separation and we are make whole, made whole. So it's this, a decision to say, Jesus, I want to be made whole. And if you've never made that decision before, I want to invite you to make that with me this morning. And so if you're watching at home or if you're here this morning, uh, I'm going to get you to just pray with me. In fact, I'm going to get everyone to pray together. And as we pray together, and if this is the first time you're doing it, I, I just want you to talk to me so that we can connect and I can begin to, to help plug you into and, and give you resources that help you to continue to grow. Uh, also, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I, I want this resource that you're talking about, that it, it's actually free. You just contact us. We give you a little access code thingy, some sort of technology thing, and then you're in. And, and, and you have it and it's available. It, it's an app on your smart TV. It's all these things that are smarter than me. But it's available to you, and I want to make that available to anyone who's watching or, or here this morning. If you uh, are, are seeing this and you have never actually been a part of or wanted to be in a smaller community, and you think, Sunday is just good enough for me, I, I want to challenge you. The Sunday is not good enough for you. We don't, we're not going deep here. We're celebrating together. We're being maybe challenged a little bit. But man, we only grow when we're in relationship. And so I hope that you begin to see that. Now I want to pray that God will reveal to you the importance and the need to gather together. Now third, if you're watching this and you're like, I have become way too familiar and I see the signs in my own life. The beauty of God is that there's a, a fun word, fun word. I say it's fun because I literally have a memory. Every time I hear the word repentance, I have a memory of being downtown as a kid and the guy yelling, repent, but he was yeah, anyways, I won't go through the story. It was really, he fell off and it was really funny. But anyways, uh, this word repent, it, it sounds like kind of a scary word, but it, it simply means to turn, right? And where we've become so familiar, we can turn and now be in awe of. We can make those changes. And that's all that is. And, and I want to pray with you and partner with you that. And now fourthly, if you're hearing this, you're like, I'm already there. Yeah, then I want to pray for more because we can continue to discover in fuller and greater measures, fuller a word, the more full and greater measure of God's amazing love for us, for you individually. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me. First of all, I'm going to ask that you guys would all kind of just say this with me again. If you, if you have never believed and want to believe, I invite you to pray this with me. Jesus, I believe in you. And I give you control. I invite you in my life. Forgive me where I have fallen short. And I'm ready to be made whole again.
Thank you. Amen. Welcome. That's all it is. Now, Holy Spirit, I just begin to pray for us that you would reveal to us individually the importance it is to continue to grow in relationship and connection with one another. Pray that you would just speak to us individually. Again, we, we give you control. You are the Lord of the harvest. This is what you do. And so, Holy Spirit, we kind of just partner with you. I pray for us, those of us who realize that, man, I, I've become familiar with how amazing your gospel is, how amazing, God, you are, your love and your acceptance of me, this privilege that I have. And I pray, and I, and I just turn, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would light that fire again, that you would fan into flame the awe, the love, and the desire to continue to grow and learn and experience more and more of you. Father, I, I even pray for the rest of us that we would continue to grow in the knowledge of your love for us. How deep, how wide, how great. Would you continue to show us the fullness of your power that we can continue to live powerful effective lives. We want to see more of you, God. That when we pray, we want to see the signs and the wonders that demonstrate and confirm the goodness of Jesus Christ. We want to see family just saved, healed, and delivered. We pray for our spheres of influence, that the areas that, that we have influence over. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would continue to see demonstrations of your power and your grace all around us. More of you, God. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So this morning as you grow, would you grow in the knowledge of God who has given us everything we need to continue to grow and produce fruit. That we would not be too familiar with how amazing it is, but amazing he is, but continue to grow in our awe and just how awesome God is. Let's go in that knowledge. Thanks, guys. Amen.